Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Sandspence Radio, Hitler's on the march! Yo, this episode is sponsored by Geek Fuel, a monthly subscription service that sends you a box full of $50 worth of geeky nonsense for as little as 14 bucks. Stuff like Dalek cups, Steam games, maybe a sticker of Batman sleeping, you never know. Head to geekfuel.com forward slash sanspants and sign up today. Every box comes with an exclusive t-shirt, so if you don't have a t-shirt, that's pretty handy. Be a bro, head to geekfuel.com forward slash sanspants, and for this month only, get a special flash item. They ship anywhere in the world, so what are you waiting for? That's geekfuel.com forward slash sanspants. Get your geek on, you nerd. Also, another thing, what? We're doing another live show. If you're around Melbourne on the 18th of Feb, come on down to the Eureka Hotel in Richmond and see your favorite girls and boys tell jokes about Superman or shoes or whatever. Entry is a gold coin donation. Doors open at 6.30 and we start talking shit at 7. Not in Melbourne, but still want to be involved? That's cool. Email us at sanspantsradio at gmail.com with any comments or shout-outs, and we'll read them out on stage. Whatever they are. No limits. That's sanspantsradio at gmail.com. Anyway, enjoy the show. Welcome to this week's episode of Movie Maintenance, where some films just need fixing. Today, we're looking at Spectre. All right, and uh, just to keep everyone informed, we are recording in a garage with the garage door open. So if you hear some cars in the background, that's because we're on a main road and it's still fucking hot in Australia. Because professionalism <laughs> is the Sans Pants guarantee. <laughs> so, Spectre, huh, you know how you, Gay, were angry at me for ma- making you watch, like, Fantastic Four? Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did I make you watch you hated? Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter Ascending. Still haven't forgiven you. Huh. This was my Ant-Man, Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. Like, this movie I fucking hated. Like, I was bored by it. Is it really worth that? Look, look, it's not a good film. Like, straight up, it's a bad movie. (laughs) Mm. But I don't think it's like... Bad's not enough, Gabe. It's terrible. No, no, come on. It's no Fantastic Four. Ah, Fantastic Four. Yeah, no, you're right. See, Fantastic Four to me was a good train wreck. And (laughs) at least it finished in like, what, 90-odd minutes or something? Or how long was Fantastic Four? Yeah, this was, what, two and a half hours? This was two hours, 40 fucking minutes, mate. Mm. (laughs) It's it's a stretch. It's arduous. Oh, like long, longest Bond, I think, film ever. Uh, yeah. Boring. It was boring and long. And a Bond film shouldn't be boring. No. And it was. Well, I saw Rogue Nation not long after, mm. and that like that was what Spectre should have been. So, well, they're like, the same. Fun they're the same plot. And are they, the, I, it's pretty similar. Pay that much it's basically to the Mission plot, Impossible. Um, yeah. 
And they really they went for like the sort of team up banter sort of thing. They have M doing more and they have Q and sort of mm-hmm. Money Penny, like kind of like this team. Yeah, yeah. They're sort of mirroring that Mission Impossible yeah, sort of true. vibe. Because they, they, they don't normally do that in Bond films, but no. there was a lot more of that. But Maybe because now they've got an M who can kind of like move around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But he still runs really stupidly. Just watch um, Ralph Fiennes run. It's like, what, man? Yeah, he's not, not Voldemort. He, he, he doesn't have to glide around. Run. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, maybe... You, you know, a good indicator now of modern film is, is how quickly do you go to your phone <laughs> to sort of like see how good this is. A good barometer. I was there in about five minutes. Yeah, like, right. I, I, I didn't I, like uh, the opening, the this uh, Mexico scene. It, again, it was just like it, it just went for off, way too long. And I'm it. just... You like the one take oh, thing they've got going on? Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it's nice. You're watching it. Oh, there's one take. That was Look, cool. I mean, honestly... It's I, got style over substance. I, I enjoyed, and I, I say enjoyed, like with the qualifier of it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm having the best time. I just, I solidly enjoyed everything up to them going out in the desert when they meet Blofeld for the first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. I was solid, like, you know what? Because up until then I was like, yeah, yeah, it's still waiting to take off, still waiting to take off. And then at about that point I was like, it still hasn't taken off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, you know what? There was, like, I didn't mind the Mr. White stuff. I liked the snow stuff with the crashing plane. I liked the Mexico sequence. I liked the car chase, even though the streets were weirdly <laughs> empty. The car empty. chase is shocking, man. Really? There's oh, no, like, what's at stake in that car chase? There's just that funny um, Italian dude, yeah. isn't there? I want to say, if you, were, if you were today directing the next Austin Powers film or a spy parody mm. film, what would you change about that car scene? The answer is nothing mm. because it's basically a fucking parody already. Yeah, like, right, why is that fat Italian man there? He's just bumbling along, listening to his fucking music, being like, oh, blah, 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 blah. oh don't <laughs> come behind me. And then he fucking parks it for him, and then, like, a little, little tap sets the airbag off. I, like, I oh, get that right, we're yeah. trying to make. I don't to remember me, too much about it. Like, I, which I probably have, says a lot about I have the so film. many yeah. issues about this film. Like, the reason why we liked Skyfall. Reason why you know we liked Casino Royale is because we were kind of done with the Roger Moore esque kind of Bond. You know what I mean? Yeah, they definitely ran their course. Daniel Craig well, came they really out brought and it said, back this time. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Oh, not Roger Moore, like more like early Connery. Mm. Like, but, you know, we're sort of done with that sort of spy thing. You know, um, Daniel Craig said, "Awesome powers fucked us in the in the spy genre. It, it made everything ridiculous, and so we couldn't do that. Hence, why we got Casino Royale, and it was nice and interesting." But then it's like, this one is like, no, 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 let's go back to that. I think, but I think it's partly because Skyfall already started that process. Because remember that like a Cine Royale was like, yeah. it's the, the thing about Bond films is I think they overcorrect. I think they, they do something really good and everyone's like, oh, cool. You've like, mm-hmm. you've, you've become relevant again. And then they just follow. The thing about Bond is that like there is a, Bond is a certain brand and I don't think you can go too far in any direction or you risk losing. Yeah, you're and, absolutely right. Like mm. Casino Royale was great because like it stripped back everything. There was no mm-hmm. like there was no money penny, there was no gadgets, there was it none was of that. Good. It was it just was like, like a really straightforward spy thriller. I don't care. Yeah, like there it was you go. Great. That's it all but set then up. Good. It did well and so everyone was like, Oh yeah, sweet, more of this. Mm-hmm. So they gave us more of that with Quantum of Solace and it was a dreary, depressing, <laughs> boring mess. And so then they were like, okay, and I remember after Quantum of Solace, Daniel Craig was saying, okay, let's, you know, we've done this. We've seen where he came from. Let's bring back some of the old stuff. Let's bring back Money Penny. Let's bring back Q. Let's bring back some gadgets. And in Skyfall, they did that in a very subtle, you know, 2012 mm-hmm. way that worked. Mm-hmm. And it worked really well. It was still like, you know, of a piece with the previous two Daniel Craig films, but it kind of brought back a few of those traditional elements. And that was really popular. Everyone liked the callbacks. Everyone liked the Aston Martin. Everyone liked, you know, the new gadgets. Yeah. And so then Spectre comes in and pushes all that stuff to the extreme. Stream, <laughs> yeah. And now it's kind of ludicrous again. Well, you know what they have to do next? They need to get Martin Campbell back. The director. Yeah, well. Did Goldeneye, Goldeneye Casino Royale. Royale. Yeah. He's like the restarter, man. They need to bring him back in. <laughs> yeah, just to kickstart him again. Because ne- next next one's Bond 25, isn't it? It is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, yes, it, it is. is. Mm. 
So that's so it'll be big. Interesting. So because there's a few things that I will happily put my hand up that I missed because again I wasn't fully paying attention to this movie because I was actively hating it by you know at least the half an hour point. What's the point of um, Blofeld being the, the stepbrother? I'm going to get into that. Just like just in some, my some, pitch, but some, it some plot points no just to clarify for because, me. Because like to me, it's like okay, when you find out he's the brother, mm-hmm. it's like okay, isn't it like very why? late in the film? Like oh, it, yeah, it is. Late, yeah. And it's like and, and it's like okay, so what 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 that reveal should do is raise the stakes, mm-hmm. make it personal, and mm-hmm. yeah, they kind of like. There's there's like some lip service paid to that where it's like oh yeah Blofeld was was jealous of Bonds. Right, that's and my next question. Why did that's why, did why he killed hate? his father? So because yeah, his whole was, plan like the reasoning behind it is shown. this kid Bond came on skiing trips with me and my dad. Yeah, fuck basically. him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even like the reveal that he's Blofeld is is nothing because really like, it's, it's not it's a surprise. Blofeld. It's not a surprise like, to the characters in the movie though. It's just for the audience. Just, like it's. Blofeld is Bond's Joker. He's Bond's Moriarty. Like, he's Bond's greatest villain. Mm. And you throw it away in this, like, little tossed-off thing. Okay, we already saw Star Trek Into Darkness try the, he's not this famous villain, but, oh, yeah. wait, no, he actually yeah. is. And everyone's like, oh, that was fucking shit. I don't, know, I don't know how, after that mistake, another big film franchise could make the same dumb fucking mistake. And, then, and like, do it worse. And do yeah. not only do Blofeld, but, okay, so you, you take Blofeld, and A... Sorry, Christoph Waltz, you don't give us a particularly memorable Blofeld, point A. Mm. And point B, then you add the whole element of him being his brother, which already opens you up to so much mockery because cough, cough, Austin Powers, cough, cough, and then do <laughs> nothing with it. And it's like, okay, so pretty much you're putting that there, so it's like, oh, no, it's now it's personal. But Bond never reacts with any familiarity to no. anything Blofeld does. There's no sense of history between them. There's no sense of any real personal connection mm. or personal enmity born of them having known each other for a long time. It's literally just something that gets dropped in there, hoping that the audience goes, oh, yeah, cool, cool, now it's personal, now it means yeah, something, when really it doesn't. He's just another... Yeah, but Bond doesn't react with any <laughs> emotion to anything villain. in yeah. the whole film. Yeah. There's that one scene no, where he's he really like, doesn't, doesn't. No. my name is not Ushten Kauschhaus. My name is Blofeld. And then Bond's like, cool. Okay. Yeah, it right. was my mother's maiden name. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Good. Like, yeah. why, why does he even tell what? him yeah. his name? Like, why does he even Why isn't he just Blofeld from the start? Like, doesn't make any, it's, it's, it's because it's they were dumb. hoping it would be like a twist. And, and it, it's but does the audience give a shit? Because the audience, and it's done the such, audience that and would. know the audience doesn't give a shit because it's done in such a half-hearted way. Most people but, sort of our age might not even know who Blofeld is. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. know the so name. who are they targeting for? <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> See, like, I'm a I'm an old school Bond fan. From, like, early, like, so you would know, but a general so movie going yeah. audience, no, no, he it does, does that yeah. big reveal. Oh, I'm Blofeld. It's like, oh, okay, cool, man. Yeah. yeah no, it, no, no, what so are you drilling into his head for? What are you, what's going on? And the here? fucking the love interest, like, why the fuck wouldn't they, they like, take the watch off? See, oh man, James Bond is wearing a watch, and they don't think to take that off. Like, it's not going to be a gadget that saves the day. Fucking hell. There's a, there's a, like, Jack, because I watched it with Jackson, and he was telling me, um, he was reading some theories about the bit where they drill into his brain, and how he's like, um, Blofeld's being like, you know, once you get this drilled into your head, you know, you're not going to see faces, it's going to like, you're going to get face blindness. There's a theory that, that he actually does get face blindness, so it drills into his head and it comes back out, and that's why uh, when he just goes out of the, um, his, his hideout, or Blofeld's like a superstructure or whatever, just like... Those guards there, he's like, bang, 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 bang. Like, whatever, I don't care. I, I don't see these as people anymore. And there's, like, that's why at the end when he's got Blofeld, he doesn't shoot him in the head because, like, I know he's a villain, but <laughs> who is he? Yeah. And the bit where there's, like, those um, posters of, like, all these, like, past um, people that he sort of um, 
was connected with, like Vesper and Sylvia and all that kind of stuff. He's just walking by him, not noticing because he doesn't react because he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't, doesn't see, see faces. Them. Which, Which was dumb too. The funny, whole, like, but I'm the architect of all your pain, James. It's like so now you're retconning mm. all of it into this one big story that doesn't work. Like just uh, also mm. the the fact that they connected it a lot of it to Quantum of Solace. Like, why? Like, they actually, not, not so much they connected more to Casino Royale and Skyfall than Quantum of Solace. Skyfall, if anything, made the least sense, because at least Quantum of Solace, mm. say what you will about it, and, and I will, mm. but <laughs> at least that was, like, part of a continuing story yeah. with Casino Royale. Skyfall was marketed, made, and produced as a... And this is what, this is what it is. Like, the Bond producers notice when things do well, and like, oh, sweet, more of that without mm. thinking about it. So, like, yeah, Skyfall did really well, but if you remember back to when they made it, they were like, we are making a standalone Bond film what they that need wraps to do. up. And then it did well. So they were like, oh, sweet, let's make a direct sequel to it, which they do because so much of what happens in Spectre is because oh, yeah. of or directly tied to the events of Skyfall. I mean, yeah, come I hate, on. Like, I yeah, wish they wouldn't do it's that. It's not the franchise for it. No. That said, I've got a pitch for it and no. my pitch does end on a cliffhanger that would lean into it. <laughs> but whatever, <laughs> shut up. Hey, it's I, fine. I still it's don't fine. like that. And, and I use the watch as well. I'm sorry. Oh, All right. So I think there's a, a lot to be said about this film at length. and But all I all need to know is that it was a, it was a terrible film. It was one of my most hated films I've watched recently. Uh, 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 So, Gab, how the hell do you make this film better? I struggled with fixing this film. (laughs) And look, honestly, the thing about this show is that, like, like, I I love writing these, like, fix-up pitches Mm. or, like, my ideal pitches or whatever. And the thing is, like, but I I only do it for films that I know I give a shit about or films that I know I'm going to really enjoy working on. Mm. And Spectre, I was like, because I had had a pitch and an idea and an angle of how I wanted to fix Spectre, like the one thing I thought the film was lacking. And so kind of coming into it, I was like, yeah, shit, yeah, I'll fix Spectre. And I honestly, I struggled. I really struggled. And that's not because Spectre doesn't have things worth fixing. That's because the ingredients there in Spectre are not very good. (laughs) And... There was not much that could be done with it. But I, I, th- I think I came up with something that I know I personally would have enjoyed more. Um, so I, I hope it works. It's, it's less of a total rewrite than you might expect, but it's more like tweaking certain elements okay. to make them stronger, and particularly the third act, I overhaul in a really big way. Good. So look, honestly, okay, I don't really mind leaning, leaning, uh, leaning into Bond's history a bit because the fact is like we've had 24 Bond films and some have been gritty, some have been outright dumb, some have been mm-hmm. character-driven, i.e. Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind the fact that we do one that's a little bit different, one that's very, very personal and takes Bond to a place we haven't actually seen him go yet. Because mm-hmm. you know what? Long franchise, there's been a lot of films, trying something different isn't going to hurt because if people mm. hate it, next film will go back to something, you know, Well, exactly. It's like their reset button. So for me, like Spectre did have some good stuff happening, but the big thing that didn't work, as I said before, is the Blofeld reveal because it should be significant. And on top of that, to the long-term fans of the franchise, which on some level, this and Skyfall both were catering a lot to with their references and everything, mm-hmm. Blofeld is a big deal and he hasn't been on screen since 1971. If you're going to use him... Use him? Use him, yeah. you know? And, but the Blofeld we saw in this film was no different to any other Bond villain. And the reveal that they were stepbrothers, again, like, why? What's the point? Now, I'm really going to stress that, like, I don't actually think the idea in and of itself lacks merit. It's more that if you're going to throw a game changer like that at us, fucking do something with it. Like, you know, that reveal should have raised the stakes. It should have made things personal. It should have made things painful. I mean, name one way that their dynamic was actually shaped by this prior relationship. Like, one way at all. Can't do it. Okay, no. like... <laughs> I, and I always go back to this, like one of the, and Sean, you remember this, like one of our early lectures at VCA was talking about conflict. 
and it cited the Prince of Egypt as the best cinematic conflict ever. And I love this because I fucking love the Prince of Egypt. I don't remember that. It wasn't actually a lecture on conflict. It was like a lecture on animation or something. Oh, okay, cool. But the guy got up and started talking about conflict. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he talked about Prince of Egypt. No, actually, it wasn't even animation. It was something else. We talked about Prince of Egypt and said that it was the best conflict ever. But then he went on to explain it. And it actually makes sense because what you've got is two brothers who've grown up together, who love each other, who care deeply for each other, who are driven apart by circumstances beyond their control. And because of those circumstances, in the end, are forced into battle with each other despite wanting nothing less than to go up against each other and despite still caring for each other and still loving each other and still being brothers. And that's why that film is so painful and so gripping and so interesting because Mm, we've seen these brothers be brothers and now, because of things that aren't either of their fault, because of the nationalities they were born as, mm-hmm. and because Moses is told by God, you have to go and do this, and Ramses has been told his whole life, you are the God of Egypt, This and, and if you fuck up, the legacy of all your forefathers goes to shit. And he's already kind of been told that he's a bit of a disappointment. Mm. Like, of course, they have totally rock-solid reasons for doing what they do in that film. And that's what's so good about it because it's conflict beyond their control that kind of sets them against each other. And to me, that's really powerful. So when I'm yeah. looking at like a brother's reveal, that should yeah, you, hit you, you in the gut. That something should like that, do yeah. something. That should really take everything to another level. Mm. So to me, Blofeld's grudge or Blofeld's whole plan in the film, it can't be against Bond anymore. I don't, I don't want that. I don't want him desperate to kill Bond because like, again, it doesn't make sense. Like what? Your, your daddy cool, took me cool. skiing a couple of times and... <laughs> Now, now I'm jealous. I'm scrapping all of that. <laughs> so, okay, look, most of the first half of the film can play out in the same way. Yeah. So, you know, we can make tweaks here and there, but let's say, for argument's sake, roughly the same plot. So M sets Bond on a trail from beyond the grave. He tracks this ring that he finds in Mexico mm-hmm. to a secret mm-hmm. meeting. But this is where we're going to start to shift things. So he gets to the meeting. And here at the meeting, he starts to pick up on a few clues. He starts to notice things. He doesn't see our villain, but he begins to suspect something based on little things in the room. Maybe a certain type of flower waiting on the table. Maybe an insignia that he sees on the ring that reminds him of something from when he was a child. Things he recognises. Now... He has to flee the meeting still because he gets caught out, but this time it's not the big boss who catches him out. He has to go before he sees the big villain in charge. Mm. So he runs, we have the car chase, all of that, and he goes off to meet Mr. White, same as before. But this is a bit different. This isn't James Bond, the consummate professional, going in there and confronting his old enemy. This is a shaken Bond who feels like he has just glimpsed a ghost because glimmers of his past have been catching up to him And there is one big unresolved question mark that Bond is starting to think is a sword of Damocles hanging over his head. Mm. But crucially, and this is how we know how much of an impact this is having on Bond, this desperation does not make him brutal. It makes him scared. And while he pleads for information from Mr. White, that is how his old enemy realizes that whatever is going on here is bigger than anything they've seen before. And so then White reveals that he has not been, le- he's be- he has been left here to slowly die of poison, but not for being a failure to a bigger organization, but because somebody wanted to make an example of him. See, Quantum, the previous organization, were not connected to Spectre anymore. Cool. They were in Spectre's way. So Spectre dealt with them. And that is how we know how dangerous Spectre is. Because they not only easily demolished Bond's biggest enemy to date, but they left him alive just to spite him. That's how powerful they are. So we continue more or less the same. Mr. White directs Bond to his daughter and begs Bond to protect her. Same stuff happens. He heads to meet Madeline Swan. But the next big change, and I'm just making this because that annoyed me, she's just a Bond girl. 
that's it. She's not the love of Bond's life who he's going to like ride off with at the end and we imply that he's like head over heels in love with her and she's going to change him. Oh, good. She's just the Bond girl. She's smart. She's capable. She's independent. But she's not the love of Bond's life because seriously, after Vesper Lind, who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. Who wants a repeat of that? Who who needs Bond to fall in love? And Bond should be like, I don't want that. He doesn't want that. We don't want to see that happen to him. He's been through that and he's learned from that. He's not falling in love again. He's James Bond. The point of Vesper Lind was showing why he can't love. Mm. Showing why he can't fall in love with these women because he, he... he can't. He, he lacks that ability to have that attachment. Yep. So that's the other change. There's no reason for her to be big and important. So we're not going to make her that. She's just going to be a cool, capable, smart, Bond awesome Bond girl who, you know, was probably going to go on her own way at the end of the film. <laughs> so we continue looking as before, but this time Bond's when he meets Q at the resort, mm-hmm. he tells him to look into something <clears throat> for him, to look into a name, Franz Oberhauser. Mm-hmm. Same name from the original film. Yep. So they head away to Mr. White's hideaway and it's here that Q contacts him. And Q lets him know that Oberhauser's dead, but decoding the ring led him to the desert to this hideout. And this is where Q says, be careful. Because he's followed the trails and picked up on the breadcrumbs. And there is something really big at play here. And the name, he's heard a name. Blofeld. Someone nobody's seen. A spectre, eh? Yeah, eh? Yeah, <laughs> pulling good, strings good. and controlling everything. And from what Q can tell, this guy is dangerous. This guy has fingers in every single pie. And Q said, and Bond tells Q to keep looking into Oberhauser. I, I just need to know. And Q says, okay, but here's my piece of advice. I know who Oberhauser is. I've seen your file. I know the significance of this man to you. And if he is involved with this Blofeld person, if he is involved with Spectre, then give up because you're not going to save him. Hmm. So Bond and Madeline go. Same deal. We can have the fight on the, ch- on the train. They can have a cheeky fuck, et cetera, et cetera. And they arrive in Mexico or wherever it was. And they're picked up and they're taken to the hideout. Same as before. And the car pulls up. And upon stepping out of the car, Bond sees Oberhauser for the first time in years. You can have Madeline looking between them, a bit scared, and the two brothers embrace. Because fuck the implication that Oberhauser was jealous of Bond and fuck the idea that these two guys were anything other than brothers who cared for each other. Hell, Mm -hmm. losing Oberhauser and his father could have been the reason Bond is so traumatised in the first place. And now James Bond, the broken man who has lost everything he ever cared about, has just found family again. Yeah. Oberhauser tells him to come inside, get comfortable, sets them up. As they go, Madeline whispers to Bond, that man is dangerous. But Bond ignores her because whatever else is going on, Right now, this is family. Mm. And for now, there will be peace. Mm. Bond has given enough. At this moment, no blood will be shed. So that night, away from everything else, Bond and Oberhauser sit down over a drink. It could be like in a parlor somewhere. And it's very comfortable. They laugh and they reminisce and they talk about their father and they talk about everything. But as it goes on, a tension begins to seep Mm -hmm. into the conversation. Until finally, Oberhauser... His face kind of, the laughter on his face just drops and he looks at Bond and he says, why are you really here? Mm. And Bond looks at him and says, I'm here to save you from all of this. I'm here to save you from Blofeld's grasp. Oberhauser smiles. It's funny, he says, because I believe that was my job. I like seeing you. It's good to see you again, but you need to walk away from here and forget that you ever saw me. Bond says, you know, I can't do that. And Oberhauser says, but you can. James, the reason we became so close is because we understood each other. That same ambition, that same ruthlessness. We were more alike than any blood brothers ever were. I chose this life to have everything I ever wanted. You could have done the same. You still could. Instead, you chose this thankless life, a life where you fight evil and get nothing for it. A classified standard issue tombstone and a flag draped over your coffin. What's it worth? 
James just smiles and says, that's the difference between us. That one thing, because to me it is worth something. And what about your life? Oberhauser says, if you don't walk away now, I will have to kill you. You know that. James says, I do. But if you don't leave this life behind now, then I'll have to do the same. And as he does, he unclips the watch, takes it off. Noberhauser looks at him, and Bond says, this is your last chance. Noberhauser laughs. My last, Bond throws the watch and it goes off. Oberhauser is blasted out of the chair, letting smoke off that starts choking the guards. Bond gets out his gun and it is on. Because here's the thing. James Bond is still James fucking Bond. And after Vesper, he is not beholden to undue sentiment. So yeah, he gave Oberhauser a chance. Mm-hmm. And Oberhauser didn't take it. And that was it. So we jump into the fight, the chase through the facility. Bond rescues Madeline. She gets a gun. She joins in. The facility blows up. Bond and Madeline escape. They get picked up by a helicopter and they head back to London. And on the way, Madeline asks, is it over? And Bond says no, because they still have to find Blofeld. They still have to find this unseen puppeteer behind all of this. There's a moment of silence and Madeline asks Bond about Oberhauser. Mm -hmm. And Bond just looks out the window. Doesn't say a word. In London, Bond goes straight to M. He tells him everything. And he says, look, we've dealt Spectre a blow and now we need to press our advantage and unravel the organisation while it's still reeling from what we've done. M agrees. He says, prepare to go into action. And then news hits. Bomb blasts. All over London. In different locations. Attacks everywhere. And then, televisions and computers and radios all throughout the MI6 headquarters come to life with the voice of Oberhauser. Well, James, he says... You showed your hands, now let me show mine. We are everywhere. You cannot put an end to us. I gave you the chance and you rejected my mercy. So this is what you get. The demand is simple. James Bond, as much of a murderer and a terrorist as anyone he has ever stopped, comes to us. Hand him over or London burns. (laughs) Cool. The signal goes dead. M looks at Bond. The two men meet each other's eyes. And M goes for his gun. And Bond (laughs) punches him out. (laughs) And the chase is on through MI6. Everyone in there got the message and they are terrified. They're terrified for their loved ones and their families Mm. in these houses. And so Bond is fighting, punching, disarming, calling on every skill he has to stop his colleagues but not kill them. And finally, he reaches the exit only to find Moneypenny, gun aimed at him, staring him down, totally steely resolve. Mm -hmm. And he looks at her and he just says, Eve. She says, stand down, James. There's silence. They look at each other. Moneypenny lowers the gun and steps aside. Damn it, Moneypenny. And with only the tiniest nod... Bond runs. So right about now, we're wondering, where the hell is he going to go, right? Is he going to go guerrilla mm-hmm. warfare on them? Is he going to go and enact some epic plan? What's he going to do? Instead, he heads to the outskirts of London, to a tiny suburban house. He opens the door and walks inside. It is perfectly preserved. Pictures, furniture, everywhere. But dusty, untouched for years. And from the shadows, Oberhauser speaks. You didn't disappoint. Why the attacks, James asks. Well, I had to see what you would do. I had to know if I was right. He steps from the shadows, revealing the scar on his face. Go. You tried to kill me, James. Yes, I did, Bond says. Why are you here? The house, Oberhauser says. What, our childhood home? Because I don't run from my past, James. 
<laughs> because unlike you, I want to remember it every day because that is how I measure how far I have come. Nova has a smile. He says, isn't it funny where we've ended up? So near and yet so far. The only difference between us is that you are sanctioned by a government body for whatever that's worth. But all this nonsense about fighting for queen and country, that falls apart because as I just proved, when challenged, rather than do the right thing and give yourself up, you came for me. And Bond says, well, maybe I just knew what you would do. Perhaps, Oberhauser says, but the chance remains. Give yourself up to me now and the violence stops. For now, maybe, Bond says, but Blofeld remains at large. The fight will go on, Franz. You give up now. Walk away. And Oberhauser sighs, lowers his head. He's genuinely regretful. Oh, James. I am Blofeld. Bond just stares at him. I was never going to continue on with my father's name, he goes on. I needed to become afresh. But you knew, I think. You knew exactly who I was. But you just wanted to believe otherwise. Because somehow, even if you had to kill me, I couldn't be the boogeyman, could I? It was easier to think that I was coerced or I was some kind of lackey than the architect of all of this. Bond smiles grimly. Yeah, he says. It was easier. Mm. I wanted to think that. Mm. Thanks for forcing my hand. And Bond attacks. Now, this is where I want to diverge from formula. I don't want or need a huge fight to save the world, nor do I need the gothic funhouse of Skyfall. Instead, this fight is a different one. This is a brutal hand-to-hand battle driven by passion and betrayal. This is like something out of Daredevil or Banshee, a fight where the punches hurt and Mm. the pain slows you down. And it is rough because there is no mercy left in either of these men. And after everything they've experienced, there is particularly no mercy left for each other. Finally... After a long, brutal, arduous fight through the house, destroying everything of the childhood they once shared, Bond overpowers Blofeld, gets the gun to his head. You gonna kill me? Blofeld asks. In answer, the bloody beaten Bond drags him out of the house where a force of MI6 soldiers wait, guns at the ready. M emerges. Here's the thing, Bond says. You had eyes inside MI6? Sure. I accounted for that. But once you thought I'd gone rogue, all we needed was to isolate you. Now call off your men. And Blofeld, despite being bloodied, battered, and near-death, smiles. Bond wins. For now. So Blofeld is taken into custody. As rebuilding begins, Bond meets with M. It's no victory, M says. Spectre is still out there, and they will strike again and again in force. We're on the losing side of this battle, and we have no idea where they could attack next. True, Bond says. But we have one distinct advantage. And in the highest security cell in the country, Blofeld waits. The cell is high-tech, it's flashy. He sits in the spinning chair bolted to the ground at a desk where he works. A buzz. The door opens, Bond enters the cell. Blofeld turns in his chair, surveys his brother-turned-enemy through the glass. Hello, Mr. Bond, he says. And Bond smiles. They're just getting started. The end. (laughs) Credits. Good. One thing I would add. In the uh, uh, MI6 being like, oh, there's bombs on the London, London will burn. A flash of a bunch of addresses, which are all the MI6 agents. Oh, yeah, perfect. Address. Oh, perfect. There, nice. there we go. That's the only thing I'd add to that. But that's nice. It's good. It makes the... Uh, I'll, it, like, it makes Blofeld, Blofeld real. It kind of makes the, the brothers thing have weight. It kind of makes things all gritty again and that stuff we love about Casino Royale and sure like there's little bits and pieces from the previous film but it doesn't tie it as much and there's that nice reveal that we just don't have in the current 
one as it stands. And it gives the film stakes, which it does not currently <laughs> have any of at all. <laughs> yeah. And like that's a nice way of, of sort of really paring it down and, and making that sort of arc. And it's a nice way to be like Bond needs a past because we just don't know a lot about that. And, and like I don't, I don't mind. Look, I, I can take my Bond both ways. I can take mm. Bond without a past like in the old Roger Moore films. I can take Bonds with a traumatic past like implied in Skyfall. Mm. And I mean, even a bit inspector, but like if you're going to do it, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't half ass it. Like, yeah. Like if you're going to give Bond this traumatic, painful background, actually give him that. Yeah. Don't just have like this one throwaway line of being like, oh yeah, this big villain's your brother and that, and, that, and that's it. Exactly. And, and yeah, it's good. To me, all like, I got from the current exchange was basically adoption is bad. Um, yeah, uh, basically. Mm, in don't short. Do and so skiing. Don't go skiing. <laughs> don't go skiing or your son will kill you. Yes. Um, I mean, look, if I had more time with that, I'd figure out like an explanation for that and I'd sort of account for some coincidence and everything. But Could Blofeld actually physically go toe-to-toe with Bond? Yeah, I think so. This yeah. version can. Yeah, because okay. the main problem I have now is, yeah, Christoph Waltz versus I would make him younger. Craig. Yeah, I would so... make, but I wouldn't... Like, that's one key thing I would do if I was making this film. I would not cast Christoph Waltz. Yep, okay. Not because I don't like Christoph Waltz, because of course I like Christoph Waltz, but because this Blofeld is... And Blofeld, like, you watch the original films, he's not in this impish character. And, like, mm. you could kind of tell the whole film that Christoph Waltz was straining against a script that was, like, asking him to play it straight. And if there's one thing Christoph Waltz doesn't do, it's play things straight. Yeah. Like, Blofeld needs to be colder. He needs to be determined. He needs to be, you know, quietly enigmatic. And... Hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't. Ca- I'd cast a younger actor, probably a couple of years older than Daniel Craig, but like somebody still yeah. kind of in their physical prime, somebody tough, a physical somebody- villain who can, yeah, who can fight. Yeah. So yeah, who would oh, hmm. now, given like carte blanche, who would you, who would you cast? You can't say Michael Fassbender. No, he needs to be older <laughs> than Fassbender. Um. Ah, oh, see, that's so tough. Fassbender would be good though. Yeah. Fassbender would be good, but I want older. I want somebody with a bit more. He's my go-to. A bit more gravity. A bit more gravity to him. Maybe Colin Firth. Just to go like Ooh, really yeah. left. <laughs> like field. before Kingsman, you would have been like, fuck nah, off. But now, yeah. yeah. Just to go like really like left field. Fuck it, Hugh Grant. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Why not? <laughs> go for that. Colin oh, um, Firth. Alan. Would be Alan Rick. Oh, oh, mate. <laughs> now I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, I don't know who you'd, who you'd cast. Like, you could actually go a little bit younger. And if it's like sort of James' younger brother, he's got to got that protective nature as an older brother. Well, yeah, you to have. So that's where so you, you could, could bring a Fassbender or a like Tom a, Hardy a Tom or someone. But I don't know. Like, I don't want... I, I want my Blofeld to be able to hold his own against Bond, but Bond still wins. Like, Blofeld, I think, is capable. Mm. Yeah. But he's not... You know, he's not as mm. highly trained and as skilled as Bond. That's why I kind of want that fight to be less about. Because the Bond in this fight isn't thinking. He's not remembering his training. He's not remembering techniques. He's just literally wailing on. Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Not bad. Good. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll take it. <laughs> Works for me. Would you keep um, Sam Mendes? See, I can't think of how much of Spectre was Sam Mendes' fault. Who's, who's your ideal Bond director, if you could pick one? You write, you write a script. Who's directing? And would you keep Daniel Craig? Yeah, I like... I mean, like, if I'm going to tie it into the previous films at yeah. all, like with Mr. White, then it's got to be Daniel Craig. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, look, I, th- I still think Idris Elba for James Bond, personally. That's mm-hmm. kind of where yeah. I've stood for a while now. Yeah. But my ideal director, that's a tricky question. Um, See, I, I mainly want to go, like, you know, Matthew Vaughan because oh, yeah, Kingsman, but... yeah. 
I don't know. Would they want his to give style? Him... I don't think is suited to probably like, not. But the other thing is, would like... they want to give him keys to that kingdom because he mm. he seems to like it, but I think he likes doing his own thing. Yeah. Matthew Vaughn is very much an auteur. Like he makes his films yeah. his own way, and that's why I mean Tarantino wanted to direct Casino Royale a few years ago, and they wouldn't let him because they mm. need they don't need auteur. They don't well, they don't want auteurs on Bond. They yeah, want they very much want to be in control. And, yeah, Spielberg's wanted to do it for thirty yeah, yeah. years. Nolan, Nolan wants to do yeah. it. You know? Fuck, I'd love a Spielberg. Spielberg Bond would be great. I think a Nolan Bond would be pretty safe. I can't imagine that Nolan's... I mean, Nolan is so Bond-influenced anyway. Yeah. That I, I can't imagine a Christopher Nolan James Bond is going to really offend the house style of the Bond films. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he'd be a smart choice, probably the kind of choice they would make, I would think. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Look, I don't know, because like I didn't really think... I did hear, like I read a while ago, that Nolan wanted to do it with Fassbender, so I guess they were waiting for the next changeover or whatever it is, but... I think Fassbender's is probably too big now to do Bonds because if you think yeah. about it, they don't they don't tend to go for actors who are already no they go for the one who's had a couple of yeah a couple of films and then sort yeah. of hmm. like Henry Cavill probably would have been up for it if he hadn't gone and done The Man from Uncle okay. great film by the way I haven't seen it actually. it's a lot of fun yeah yeah because see Spectre's shit in a year where we've had I think there's three really decent you know fun Kingsman, spy films Rogue Kingsman Nation. Rogue Nation and Man from Uncle. Man from Uncle. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All nailed it. And Kingsman then was, was just fucking Kingsman spectacular. Was Kingsman, yeah. Yeah, actually, I really think my favourite film of last year. Just, yeah, can't, can't fault it. Yep. Yeah, I'd say Kingsman up there and definitely Ex Machina. For like Which oh, I yeah. really need to see still. Beautiful. Ex Machina and Sicario, as I've seen mm. that one. I haven't seen Sicario. Those are two really films good. that I've actually been meaning to watch like this whole last week, every night. Well, and then Sicario, you, you, tense film. Just oh, a, yeah. a tense time. Good, good. <laughs> um, see, when I looked at, like, because again, I, I will, it's just, Unfortunately for me, this Spectre just did not hold my attention. And it was, I will, I will just keep harping on just how bored of this film. Yeah. Daniel Craig looks bored too. He yeah. does look bored. Yeah. And he really just seems like, like what, there's not what, really what that much charm or that much mm. like passion from him. He just kind of his seems, heart, his heart's not in everything is yeah. just. Yeah. And there just seemed to me like there's a lot of like fat you could really trim. And again, if I was to make very minor, like little, very minor tweaks. All I would do is, like, the whole Monica 
G stuff. Why was that even there? Yeah, what was up with that? She's like, in it for like, three minutes. I know. Like, um, before the, you know, the, in the media and before like, I saw this film, I was thinking, yeah, cool. She's the main Bond girl. Yeah, they talked it up quite a bit. Being yeah. like she was everyone for, yeah. freaking like, out, being like, oh my God, she's like 50. Like we're finally then, getting an age appropriate <coughs> woman. And yeah, she's and Bond in three was like, minutes. She's <laughs> like stunning. a couple of minutes and then yeah. the Bond girl for the rest of it was like 20. And also yeah. that whole <laughs> scene with her, very rapey. It's got a big rape like, vibe to it. There's been a couple of those with Daniel Craig. There has. Um, it, it made me a, a, like a lot the one in Yeah, the one in Skyfall. He just gets in the shower with the former, yeah. former child sex slave. Good, good. good. work. Nice. Bond. I don't know. It just felt very like, what the fuck am I watching here? Mm. And so I would either cut that or make her the actual Bond girl. Yeah. Uh, and maybe not make her the widow. I just something Because again, she's a great actress. And you're right. She's age appropriate for this yeah. particular bond. Like, why not have being like, rather than like, I'm love, I love you, have her be on that same level to be like, I don't love you, but hey, I'm having a fun time with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're going to have a relationship with a fucking spy. Like, whatever. I'm not in love with you, but man, this is fun. Whatever. You know what, like, was. <laughs> I really like the bond girl who they had in. And I, got, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like the bond girl they had in Quantum of Solace. Uh, Olga. Olga, whatever her name was, yeah. where she wasn't a love interest. She was just this equally damaged spy who, like, that was cool. That was bond. one. I, I good liked point. that. Yeah. I really liked that. So let's make Monica that. Yeah, do something like, <laughs> like that. You know, an old, again, a female older just, like, spy. Just I had hated the whole love interest plot because it's just like it felt what, forced. What are we pre- and like at the end where it kind of felt like you know, accused like, oh, are you done? Mm. And Bond's like, oh yeah, just one more thing. It was like so. So was this made as like a conclusion to the Daniel Craig era? Mm, Are we, it feels like that. It does feel like that, but at the same time, it's like you you leave Blofeld alive. Yeah, they've set him up. Waltz like we think he's exactly. going to come back. Yeah, Christoph Waltz has been like, I'm only coming back if Daniel Craig comes back. But so it's like it, it makes no sense because it's yeah. like so what we're gonna have a different Bond going up against the same Blofeld. Yeah, like it why? just it, I, I don't know what the what that film was trying to. I mean, look, maybe it's gonna make more sense if they make another one with Daniel Craig mm. and it's like it starts with her getting killed and he comes back for revenge or some shit. But I would hate that. Yeah, because it's just like fucking. I mean, yeah, they did that. They did that once, and like I said, long franchise, storied history. I don't mind, you know, shaking things up a bit and like breaking mm-hmm, from the mold mm-hmm. a bit. And they did that back in um back in '69 with um with Honor Majesty's Secret Service, where Bond got married and yeah. Blofeld killed his wife. And then the next film, it was like Bond was sort of coming for revenge, <laughs> but it never specified. It was like it opens the film opens with Bond like breaking into all these houses and beating guys up, being like, "Where's Blofeld?" And it's like, "Oh, sick! This is the Bond going for revenge film." And then. And then that just kind of drops yeah. and like his wife's never mentioned again. And yep. like for the rest of the film, it's just like diamonds are forever. It's one of like goofiest Bond films. Yep. And it's just like Bond's going around and then he finds Blofeld and then there's no, hmm. and then like three films later, because like, I think they lost the rights for Spectre and Blofeld. Oh, that's right. Because, um, because Thunderball, which was the first film I think in which Blofeld properly appeared or Spectre, pro- or, anyway, something. Um, Thunderball was co-written, the original script, by Ian Fleming and Kevin McClory, who was a screenwriter. And then Ian Fleming went and he wrote the idea into a novel, which was Thunderball. Except Kevin McClory, like, then was like, hang on, I actually own the rights to Spectre and to Blofeld. And so it turned into this huge dispute. And so that's why the last time you see Blofeld is Diamonds Are Forever. And mm. then he just disappears. And, and like, he doesn't die in that film. He just disappears from the franchise altogether, never mentioned. That's why, and that's how Never Say Never Again got made because Kevin McClory was like, I'm exercising my rights to make my own Bond films. Yeah. But all he could do was Bond films based on Thunderball. And as recently <laughs> as like the year 2000, he was planning on doing another Thunderball remake. Christ <laughs> but, yeah, I so love they, the fucking movie business. How petty people oh, it's fucking so, It's so it. shit. But that, that's why, like it's taken this long for Blofeld to come okay. back but like I think it was in For Your Eyes Only 
where it was like one of the Roger Moore films and it's fucking awful. It's hmm. almost like a fuck you to Blofeld and to Spectre where the film opens with Bond visiting his wife's grave and um, then there's a mysterious bald villain stroking a cat whose face you never see, whose name oh, is never said, who, who like gets a remote control helicopter and uses it to pick up Bond and then Bond like gets control of it and then picks him up and drops him down a chimney. And <laughs> that's, that's Blofeld's death yeah. in the original series. Wow. But yeah, wow. I mean... Okay, so that's impressive. So yeah, yeah I, I do something with Monica Bellucci. Am I saying my name right? I feel like I'm yeah, not. Bellucci. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. you are. Bellucci, I, I do something with that just because, one, it was hammed up so much in the media that it was like, cool, I'm, I'm liking where that could go, but... I'd do something with that, or even just cut her completely. It's or like just make Captain her... Phasma syndrome. Yeah, the yeah. Star Wars thing, like, oh, this great female villain. Or hero in this Good. case. But Good. who knows what happened with that. So do something with her, or cut it completely, because you could have. Um, I like him infiltrating Spectre with the ring. That was cool. Yeah. What I would do, though, is... Because it's really weird. Like, Skyfall ends, and he's not exactly on eye-to-eye with M. I mean, uh, sure, they kind of, of reach like, a bit of, like, a level of respect, but it's still kind of, like... tension. Yeah, and it's like, there. just because she died doesn't really forgive her for all her sins. So it's kind of like... You, you can imagine Bond still not being entirely happy with MI6 and that whole thing. So, he, you know, he gets a tape from fucking M being like... Go kill this motherfucker, and he's just like done. Yeah, yeah. it just seems that that to me could have you didn't necessarily need that, but I would have preferred if we didn't we didn't get that, or maybe you know Bond is playing a long con, which you get that revealed later in the film. But have that scene where he's Inspector, and it's like all right because. You know, one of our members has died. Who's going to step up? And then some guy's like, I nominate me. And then, and then someone's like, I challenge and kills him. And it's kind of like, well, old Drax why, the destroyer. Why, 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 is, why is that a rule? First off, that first off, all right, if someone dies, we get to replace them. That's good. I, that makes sense. But if on that challenge, someone can just kill that other person, that person gets that role. Like, I just don't see mm. yeah, that was why it wasn't clear. That is a good way to run a business. So rather than that, don't make. Blofeld and James Brothers, because I think that's kind of... I love what you did, Gabe, because that was really nice. But I you think have to do the way with it, if you the Spectre kind of... It was just dumb. Yeah. So just don't have that at all. But have Bond be, you know, Bond, so everyone sort of knows who he is. Because, one, he's not a really good spy, because he's always telling everyone his name. So he's got a reputation, which is... Yeah, well... Yeah. No, what a spy... Not really what you should get out of your spy, but it's what James Bond does, and that's what we love him. He never has, like, a secret identity. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. Not at all. Like... He never shows up under like a different name or anything. It's just always Bond. You guys sit on the whole theory that James Bond itself is a code name. I like it. I like it too. I yeah. Well, it explains why Mm. between why like Daniel Mm. Craig, which was a total reboot that starts them getting his double O designation, still has the same M as the Pierce Brosnan era. Yeah, I I really like it. I I think it makes sense. Have they accepted that that's what they do? I think they alluded to it, particularly in Skyfall, because it's like, yeah, this is the Bond Manor, but was it secret brainwashing? Mm. We don't know. And it gets... Oh, I didn't even... I never picked up on that. That's really Mm. cool. But it does... um, There are certain... alludes, and you can kind of fan through your There are certain elements that are like... I mean, because the George Lazenby and the... George Lazenby and uh, Sean Connery's Bonds are meant to be the same person. Like mm, that, that's yeah. unquestionable. They were meant to be... George Lazenby was only hired because he looked a bit like Sean Connery. <laughs> and, you know, the way that, like, Bond's... With Bond's wife and the next film with the mm. semi-revenge and everything, like, it was meant to be the same guy because, like, Sean Connery mm. comes back for the next film. And Roger Moore 
if there was any two Bonds that you were like, those are two different people, mm. you'd be like, it's Sean Connery and Roger Moore. Mm. However, again, like you have Roger Moore putting flowers on his wife's, on Tracy Bond's grave in that yeah. other film. So it's like, so are they the same I, I don't think, and then- hold that to account though. I think now, you know, when they get to the next one, if it's hopefully Idris Elba or someone like that, I think it should just be that 007 is just a, a title yeah. in that organization. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, either, like, I, I love the idea that James Bond is the code name and I love the idea of MI6 brainwashing people. I love that. Uh, it just ticks all of my I love the boxes. brainwashing idea. That's fucking awesome. Um, so this actually idea is from uh, Michael Shanks. We've I've had on the show on Plumbing the Star and um, Shut Up a Second. Um, and we was chatting about Spectre the other day. And he was saying, like, so you have that scene where this person has been killed, who wants in sort of thing. But then James puts up his fucking hand. Yeah, right. He's like... Me. And then, like, Blofeld's there, like, J- James Bond. Fucking everyone's like, James Bond, guns on him. And they're like, oh, what the fuck are you doing here kind of thing? And it's like, you know, you come near to destroy us. And Bond's like, no, you know who I am. And because of Skyfall and all the other shit that's gone down, oh. I've gone rogue. Fuck MI6. Fuck everything. I don't want to be there. Like, I'm, you know, I'm looking for a job. I'm looking for a purpose. Help me oh, out kind of thing. Yeah. And then it's just a movie of him working his way up through Spectre and from the inside seeing what's going on. God, that'd be fucking sick. Him actually <laughs> infiltrating. And, and, and the thing is, we think he's actually infiltrating, even though we know, of course, he's not. Yeah. But for all in, intents and purposes, we're like, okay, no, he's gone rogue. This is Bond maybe becoming a villain? Is this like what happens? Is this the, the, the code names? Is this going on? Oh, where they need could, someone you else? You could even have like a Bond? bit with like with back at MI6 where they're like, has Bond gone rogue? And they're like, okay, we're going to need a new 00, 007. Yeah. And we're going to need a new... Or they could even just say like... Or they could even say something similar as like, we're going to need a new Bond or something. It's like going through like files for like... And then yeah. immediately that sort of like... Without totally <laughs> specifying it, kind of yeah, specifies that's, that's not that, bad. Yeah. It's like, you know, if we, if we, just need, we need a new double O agent kind of thing. But then yeah, you can give like, Moneypenny a bit more to do as well. You could have like a whole subplot back at MI6 mm. with them trying to figure out what James is doing and that sort of thing. Because she really had nothing to do in this movie. No, she really didn't, did she? They beefed up Q's role quite a bit, but he didn't really do anything. Yeah. He was yeah. a lesser character, like a... His actual characterization was better in Skyfall. In this, yeah. it's kind of just the tech guy, the lackey that's kind of helping out Bond again. Yeah. And, like, yeah, Q in the original films was always such a, like, character. Yeah. Mm. Like, every time he turned up, he was always kind of a bit exasperated and a bit yeah. like, I hate you, but I'm going to help you, but I hate you. <laughs> and that oh kind of was diminished a bit in this. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think of C? I was just about to mention yeah. it. Um, so, yeah, you'd have Bond doing that kind of stuff and infiltrating thing. And trying to work out and maybe you think he's kind of, you know, fallen to the dark side. But then in the, like, last reveal, we do get... Oh, it was, like, M's... Like, dead M's pl- major plan that he was to infiltrate Spectre and just take it down from the inside. And I like sort of that. And with C's character, I like C as the character before the reveal that he w- was about to shoot um, the current M's. To me, fucking M's. Um, to shoot... Gareth Mallory. Yeah. And it's kind of like... I liked how... When Bond was like, what do you have on Max kind of thing? And, he, and, and Blofeld was like, nothing. He's a visionary. He just thinks what we're doing is good. And I really like that as a character because the moment he was like, oh, you're working for fucking Blofeld. He's like, yep, he pulls a gun. And it's like, I kind of like C as a, I, I like his philosophy, how he approaches the world because that's kind of me. I am pro-surveillance. Like, I am a very, like, left-wing social kind of person. But when it comes to security, I am so fucking right-wing, it's ridiculous. I'm like, nah, nah, we need <laughs> drones surveilling everything. I am that kind of person. I'm like, nah, I'd put a chip in my kit. I want to know where they are at all times. 
I, I don't see anything wrong with it. So for me to have like to have that kind of person, it'd be interesting to have that sort of debate with C being like, well, no, I'm I'm not really working for him. He's just providing me a means to an end because we live in a very dangerous world right now. We can't just be, uh, 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 you know, closed off because it's weird where C in in sort of my head was like, no, we need a, a unified world. Whereas MI6 like, no, segregation. <laughs> we are countries with borders. It definitely lends like a little <laughs> bit of, well, weight and relevance and moral ambiguity as well. Mm. The kind of thing where someone's like, I kind of agree with that. And someone's right. like, I kind of, like, I, I like the idea that C isn't like, he's, isn't this yeah. black and white clear cut villain. Like he's actually yeah. has motivations that you could really Some play with kind of that's what they yeah. that's, they should have done that cough, with him they that. they didn't he's hey, kind of a character at the moment that you could just kind of pull out of the movie yeah 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 and so it'd be nice to have that almost the, the, you know that's what you have if you know bond's going off being spectre you kind of have that internal politic thing going yeah. on with mi6 but you couldn't cast andrew scott because like he just no, it's he's, moriarty it's moriarty like you watch it and you go oh, he's fine. gonna be a bad guy oh the yeah. moment yeah. there was like the cast release photos like Villain. Yeah. yeah Even definitely. when he's like, you know, standing with all the people yeah. from MI6, he's always off to the side. You're like, yeah. I know what you're doing. Which is but, a shame because he's a great actor. <laughs> he is. But, yeah. but yeah. I, I still, I, I'd still, I'd still cast him and not make him a, a villain, but I wouldn't yeah. make him so a hero. But I like the idea of he's doing everything for the greater good. Yeah. Because that's always a good villain motivation. Yeah. For the greater good. Makes and being like, yeah, so what? We're, we're, you know, technically spying on people, but the world is fucking dangerous. Yeah. Like M. You, you you do know we have terrorist attacks every day, and then they'd be like, "Just today, what the fuck have you done?" And it's like he pulls up his screen. I've stopped three different fucking uh, you know uh, terrorist attacks in like four different locations here, here, and here. We've arrested these people simply because the information that we've got. Blofeld and Spectre know this, and they understand, and they're working with our agencies, or they're working with this kind of thing to make this a reality, and that kind of stuff. And and yeah. even have maybe Blofeld and Spectre kind of. Pull the you know the wool over C's uh, eyes a little bit as well because I like the idea that C being an ideologist, yeah, because that's what I am. I am that kind of you it's know I love that it- security. I love that idea that you know let's microchip us all. But of course, like people can talk me out of this, and 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 people do, and they try and they say I'm wrong. But <laughs> I, again, I, I always come back to well, there's you know there's there's good reasons for, and of course there are good reasons against. But that's good though, because that, that's like that's a realistic sort of point on which people differ, mm. and there, like you said, there are arguments for and there are arguments against, and you can kind of play with that and have a bit of fun with that. There's no reason yeah. why a James Bond film can't have that little bit of. That's good because it's a realistic motivation too. Absolutely. Which at yeah. the moment, what is C's motivation in the actual film? It's kind I'm of exactly just, eh, I'm a bad guy. Yeah, and th- and that's the thing. It's kind of like to make that idea that no surveillance is clear, like it's a clear cut thing that is wrong and that's yep. what basically Spectre is portraying yep. it's like no we should not be watched there's no merit in, in surveillance and there's no yep. merit in, 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 in intel gathering yep. and we have to be closed off yep. and no government agencies can talk to each other because it's like if you're from the UK you're the UK agency if you're from the fucking like uh, you know the US you're from the US and, yeah. and it's sort of yeah. like it's the old school of thinking and then it's sort of so you could be like no, this is a new way of thinking where we need to be working together yep. and like kind of and you know I don't know that's I got some weird things from Spectre. One again, anti-adoption, and one like anti-community. Uh, it's not a like there were <laughs> there were like notoriously kind of a lot of script problems going into it. Because remember, it got leaked in the Sony hack. Did it? 
Yeah, the script got leaked, and yeah. um, and people read it and were like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> and um, and Sony like had to really quickly go on the defensive and be like, "Ah, uh, no, 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 it's it's not finished. It's 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 not finished." Was how and how similar was this version to the? I leaked? haven't read Did the leaked one. There was, I think, there was, I think Bond killed Blofeld at the end. All right, and um. <laughs> But, like, I think this, the other thing that got leaked was, like, actual emails about the script. And, um, and basically, they were off, <laughs> on, on the script on that level. And it was, like, the Sony executives being like, what the fuck is this? You're not making this. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, and, yeah, if you look it up, like, it's, um, it's really interesting because there was, like, huge, like, huge shit fight over it. Wow. And so, like, yeah, it, had, it notoriously had quite a few problems going in. And that's why I kind of feel when I'm watching it, I'm, like, in the – particularly in the third act, but like pretty much mm. from the moment Blofeld comes into it. Up until then, mm. I was quite happy with the film. I was like, you know, it's, I think the ending is kind of what makes it. I didn't find it boring the same way you mm. did. I was like, look, I find it perfectly entertaining. It's just ticking along. It could be, could be a little bit more exciting and colourful, but generally, no, I didn't really have a problem. Yeah, it, was just, it was from Blofeld coming mm. in onwards that I was like, this is fucking goofy. Yeah. And not good goofy. Not like good Roger Moore. Not like pitching like, doing a double take goofy. Yeah. Great. No, What's the like, deal? You know, at the end when they kidnap Bond yeah. and the two guys have him and then he you know, beats them up and breaks free and then he goes in. There's like this little sort of maze that's set up for him with all the pictures. Yeah. Why is that set up if they know. had him blindfolded and I kidnapped? Know, man. Why is there a maze for him? Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't know, I, don't know. I don't know what's mm. going on there. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there at all. It had the feel of like a film that they were writing as they were shooting it. Oh, yeah. God, yes. It's yeah. kind of weird that the, the this current Bond syndrome. has this sort of problem. Like, Casino Royale came out, sick, everyone loved it, it was a good time. Quantum of Solace, and then everyone's like, what the hell is this? And of course, there was film during the writer's strike. So I remember yeah. Daniel Craig well, being at times being like, we didn't have a script at some points. I was writing it, and I'm an actor. I'm not a script yeah, writer. Yeah, yeah, he did say that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So you had like that that problem, and then I'm not, what was um, Skyfall? Was there any sort of production problems there? Because no. that was a good film. Skyfall was really was smooth. Okay, because I'm Skyfall not. they took because okay, like what they took their time on think, that one, right? Yeah, because um, Quantum of Solace was 2008. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Royale was 2006, so they two years between films, and they had four years. Yeah. So yeah. And then, yeah, four years, yeah, exactly. Four years oh. between Quantum mm. and Skyfall. So they really took their time. Well, and then they nailed the script down. Three and they, years. That's how they got Sam Mendes involved. They're like, read this. and Yeah. 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 In fact, I think that's kind of it. Because Skyfall is, like, I, I hesitate to say it because, like, you know, you kind of want to be that Bond purist who's like, oh, Goldfinger or from Rush with Love. But <laughs> I actually think Skyfall is probably my favorite Bond film. I'd go Casino Royale probably. Yeah. I'd go See, Casino Royale, maybe close second Skyfall. Like, I love Skyfall. I do but love I Goldeneye. Really love Skyfall. See, I really, oh, really love uh, License to Kill. Okay, yeah. I fucking love it. I haven't seen Timothy many... Dalton did fucking Daniel Craig before Daniel Craig. Yeah, he did. Timothy Dalton was the yeah. gritty, violent, yeah. traumatized, fucked up Bond. And in the 80s, people were just like, They weren't ready this? for it. They're like, oh, no. Yeah, this and, isn't and now Bond? it's like you watch those yeah. films. Are, I actually haven't seen this other one. I haven't seen The Living Daylights. But you watch License to Kill now and you're like, yeah. Like, if you made this film today with Daniel Craig, like, it's fucking great. <laughs> like, it's a really good movie. Mm. Um, and I kind of, despite the weird racism, I kind of have a bit of a soft spot for License to Kill. Is that the one where he dresses up like an Asian man? No, that's the one with like all the black villains, and uh, it's 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 something. It's something. It's um. All it's, right. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. How about you, Sean? You reckon you could change? Um, I no, like I can't really top Gabe's effort, which I thought was <laughs> wonderful. Um, Thanks, and it man. just, I mean, it had stakes. It had what mm. we need. From a film, um, if I was going to change anything about Bond, I would fuck the opening credits off because I'm sick of sitting through them. It's oh, five minutes, and this one was a really rubbish this, song. This song, what was that? Yeah, what Skyfall, the fuck was that? good. This, 
Bad. Skyfall song. Skyfall song. Brilliant. Mm. It's like the perfect Bond song. Yeah. It's like every time I hear it, I'm just kind of like, every time yeah. it comes in, I'm like, oh, fucking yeah. awesome. And I'm going to sing along with it and I can't hit the notes. This one. But I'm going to sing it anyway. <laughs> this one, I can't, <laughs> even, I can't even remember what this one was. I know Sam Smith Sam did Smith, it. Sam Smith, yeah. Um, it was insipid. It was shit. And yeah. it goes for five minutes. And when you've already had an overlong intro scene mm. with a stupid fucking helicopter fight nah, scene, why, why does Bond get on a helicopter? It takes off. And his first move is to beat the shit out of the pilot. I know, right? Also, <laughs> as a spy, you, you don't meant to draw attention to yourself, Bond. Over like a crowd of, you know, <laughs> thousands of people nah, too. This great. thing spinning around. Awesome. It wasn't great, man. Awesome. Although it was nice nah, how that was, was addressed great. with M being Shut like, <laughs> newspaper, <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I'd get rid of, I'm sick of the opening credits. I know it's a tradition thing and they'll probably keep it forever, but I'll of get rid of that. Yeah. Um, I was quite happy with um, Drax the Destroyer. He was a good I liked him. antagonist. He's a good physical villain. He's, you know, he, yeah. Did he talk much? I don't no. think he did. Um, probably for the best, but he was good. What was his opening move? It was like those metal claw things, right? He had like metal thumb nails and just poked that dude's eyes out, which killed him. And which that's was how he super got that cool. Position. And you're like, all right, I didn't mind that. But then he doesn't really use um, them again. I minded that because you killed basically one of his colleagues. If he would, well, the whole thing behind it was stupid. It's kind of like, <laughs> like what do they do? Anytime like, there's a job, it's Spectre, and someone goes, "I'll do it." Does he just get killed? Yeah, <laughs> like like that's a that's You're a like company a totally that just capable person. Yeah, he right? was, at that, he was sitting at, like he was sitting at the other head of the table. He must have been somewhat important, <laughs> right? So like, he's like he a really important like department head or a strategist or yeah. someone, and because he's less strong than Drax the Destroyer. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like what kind of top secret organisation are you? And it's like you put your hand up and volunteer for a job, and you get murdered. Yeah, it's it's, it's one it's, that doesn't really reward initiative. Let's put it that way. No, it's bullshit. No, it um, so he was great. Mm. I kind of wish that he didn't die in the train fight, and he kind of came back in the third act or something, because he was at least you know he was entertaining. The train mm. fight was probably the that was the best action sequence. This was a Bond film that I think was pretty low on memorable yeah, um, like set the pieces. Train, like, the what do you remember outside of the train laugh. What will well, you remember a few years um, from now? I mean, the like Skyfall, I even now, like I haven't seen Skyfall in a while, but yep. I think back to it and I'm like, man, like the mm. opening sequence, amazing. Yep. Like the um the fight at the end, like as, as home alone as it gets, it's oh, fucking yeah. great. Like yeah. That's the only pro- qualm like, with Skyfall is when people would be like, the, the amount of like effort and knowledge that Sylvia had to have to like orchestrate that Who whole thing. Cares? I'm like, shut up. It's was an good. Awesome movie. <laughs> it doesn't need to make sense. James Bond movies <laughs> exactly. don't need to make and sense. So, like that's the only sort of you know quote unquote flaw of that film, just to how yeah, ridiculously nice. timed and perfect it must be. Skyfall's like, a nah, perfect James good. Bond film, man. Like it's and just it's fun. It, it's silly and, and, in the right and way. And the things with Skyfall, like, I didn't really pick any of those up until someone pointed them out. And that's what a good you know film absolutely. does, which absolutely. is it makes you kind of ignore those maybe coincidinky little plot holes and yeah. not even really plot you holes, watch it and you get lost in mm. it and it's good and then yeah i mean you can always there's films i love and now you look at them and you pick things out but it's like also that, that that the, the films i suppose like the way to put it is like and i'm coining this phrase now it's like an honest trailer film it's a film that you love and then you see the honest trailer come up and you're like oh yeah, yeah sweet yeah. let's see what you've you know the screen up these honest trailers you're like all right let's see what you yeah, got to say yes and they true. point out all these like really <laughs> obvious holes that you're like oh fuck i didn't notice that but it's great because yeah. it's like you because it kind of it actually illustrates how mm. well the film has done its job mm. if you just don't give a shit about those yeah. potholes or don't yep. notice them. Yeah. When they stand out, the film's not doing its job because then yep. you're like, uh, well, mm. yeah, like it, a film then, should be. And then make your your head along. wander and, yeah. off and be like, oh, that's weird. Like the perfect example I will, I will have on this is in the Dark Knight, where um, the Joker throws um, Rachel 
off the at the window, and then Batman just jumps on after her and he grabs her, and it's kind of like this really nice little sweet romantic kind of moment. And then we get you know jump cut to the next day, like, and we just forget about the fact that Joker and his henchmen had a whole room full of rich like Gotham elite yep. in as a party. It's like, but yeah, it's like what happened to them? You don't notice that. Like they, I didn't notice that until like away, fourth they? or fifth kind of viewing the Dark of that Knight's film. Full of stuff like that. You know, you shit don't like that. Notice because the Dark Knight's fucking good. It's so fucking good. And like I, that's why I think Nolan is very good, in, particularly in that instance he was very very good at sort of misdirecting the audience to be like oh yeah don't worry about this in case i don't notice it's a great film yeah he's very good at misdirection mm. nolan. yeah mm. i'll give him that i'm not a nolan fan but have you seen the prestige i don't like the prestige he clones himself and kills the clones it's goofy it's a wonderful wonderful film man silly. you know how you, you know, i mean it's silly you know how you, you fix it's not silly man how many times have you watched a, it it is a silly watch film. it again oh you're <laughs> the fucking worst <laughs> It's a good film, but you kind of have this idea of like, look, Hugh Jackman. All right, I know you want the glory. I get that. I get that's why you're you're drowning yourself and popping up every single time. I get why you love the glory. And that's your thing. Just clean yourself once. Take it in turns. Take it in turns. Yeah, right. One night you do it. <laughs> other night he does it. You know, you're the same person. You don't mm. have to keep drowning yourself, mate. Just. There you go. Maybe clone yourself four four times. Have them hiding out somewhere so you have a couple backups. Hey. You have to change stuff all the time. Yep. Can't you? Yeah, you know, a Nolan, <laughs> like, we don't need a Nolan Bond film because we've already had, like, <coughs> Inception's got a very Bond element to it. No, you don't no. like that either? I, no, I, no, like, The Prestige, I very well admit that it's like, I, if I watch it again, yep. chances are I'd really like it. I just yep. remember at the time being like, this is stupid. <laughs> Inception. No, it's full of Bowie magic. Inception is. Bowie. Yeah, I know. Bowie. See? If you oh, want to see no. Bowie be Tesla, watch, he's, watch he's the prestige. Up he's so I'm still cool. struggling with it, man. What? Like Space Odyssey came on the radio today and I got really angry. <laughs> and I was like, shut up, go 104.3. I'm not ready. Then I turned it up. But like, <laughs> but I'm, st- I'm still not there with that one. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, Inception. What was I saying? Inception, yeah. Like I remember watching it and I'm wanting to love it because I was like, great idea, all of this. And I, I don't like it. I find it boring. I think all the characters- You find it boring? I find it boring. I think all the yeah. ca- And the thing is like when everyone's like, oh, Inception's like kind of hard to follow. No, it's not. <coughs> it's really straightforward. Mm. It's yeah. just not very oh, smart. And it kind of doesn't explain things <laughs> enough mm. so that it seems like, oh yeah, you have to concentrate. But no, you don't really have to concentrate. It's pretty much what you're seeing is what's happening. Well, yeah. And that's the what really annoyed me about the end. DiCaprio. And even him, it's just like, yeah, cool. It's Leo with like a sort of run-of-the-mill dead wife trauma. And everybody else Joe is Gordon. so boring. Joe Gordon, though, what's right, ca- man? Describe his character. Describe oh, his character. He's got, he's got neat hair. Sick, spinny suits corridor. And, uh, I can't remember what his job is in the team. but Describe Ellen Page to me. She's got her hair tied up because it's easier in the gravity scene. Scar- Tom Hardy to me. It's all about hair, man. That's all I remember. Uh, no, Tom, um, Tom Hardy's the, pretty good. Yeah, he's yeah. like the he's yeah, he's the, the disguise. He's, 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 he's suave. Right. That's, that's he's it. He's suave, yeah. He's pretty Describe good. anybody else who was in that film. <laughs> oh, you know, they've got the it's chemist like, guy. He's comic relief. He's kind of funny. I'm sorry, but if you don't care about the characters... What are the stakes? Do you not care about DiCaprio, though? Because he's not the lead. Really. Like, what about him of. and the kids and all kind that, of, man? But the rest of them. I don't care about the rest of them being in trouble. I'm just like, I don't give a shit. Like, you're just, you're just ciphers. You're these blank slate, blank people who I've got no reason to give a shit about who are just in here because I guess you have to populate it with pretty actors to make people come and see your bullshit film. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> DiCaprio was good in that film. And yes, I do care about DiCaprio in that film. Yeah. Well, but anytime he's not on screen, I'm like, fuck this. Fuck what about, um, Why do I care about his wife? What about, about his wife? What? He, she was a figment of his imagination. Yeah, you know. No, was she? Oh, fuck <laughs> off. Just fuck it. That said, okay, see, Nolan, Nolan, I'm like... It was visually mm. stunning. It was visually appealing. Look, Who gives a shit about visuals? I do. It's a stellar. <laughs> People do. It's stellar. People with eyes. <laughs> film. Fucking and we should... playwright, motherfucker. <laughs> the thing, okay, like, as far as Nolan goes, like, Interstellar, you know, 
that was the, that's when we really should maintain at some point. Mm-hmm. But Interstellar also made me cry twice. In Interstellar, I gave a shit. Mm, the relationship yeah. between Murphy and, and the her daughter, father, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of that. Like Interstellar actually made me like the first half Interstellar. I was like everything up until them going into space. I was like, this is fucking amazing. This is mm, like it's yeah. character driven. It's taking Slow its time. It, it is beautifully shot too. That I'll, yep. I'll grant it that, and that is a that complements the rest of the film <laughs> rather than makes up the <laughs> shitty screenwriting, Zamet. But like, the thing is like, yeah, that whole first half in Stellar, I was like, this is amazing. I was sitting there being yeah. like, holy fuck, Nolan, I take back everything I've ever said about you being a vapid, emotionless filmmaker. <laughs> this is making me feel so... And I, like, cry, I, look, I, I might tear up in a film here and there. Crying twice in a film, let alone in the first hour and a half of yeah, a film that's three it, hours the, long. The- yeah, good. Good like the, stuff. Like the like Murph fuck. scene, like the flash forward. And then it like just gets his, stupid. Oof. But then even that film, even at the end when he comes back and he sees Murph again, even then I was like, like I know <laughs> that I've just watched a whole bunch of really stupid <laughs> shit happen that makes no sense. That didn't and do it for like, me at the end. Nah, the end still got I me. I don't connect just because it's the characters. The, no, it's that's not it, the, man. The characters is it the character? It's a different actress. No, no, I can't connect to it. Oh, Part nah. of me wants him to like come back to the kid, man. Promised he'd come back and we don't see that. Like, but he did come back. Yeah, he came back. She's an old woman. She's a grabber. I don't know. No, it's not the same, man. You chuck an element of time travel where someone stays the same age and everyone gets older. Man, that gets me like that. Oh, like, that, shit. That yeah, no, that, one I mean, of those yeah. ones. And even at the start where he was like, and, and it's like when he says to her, you know, oh, when, when I get back, we, we might even be the same age. Like mm. as if he's trying to console her. And it's like, and then you hear that, and you're like, oh no, like he's gonna be away from her for so long. Mm. And then like, and then he comes back, and it's like he's still young, and she's so old, and you're like, oh, it's fucking it just gets you. The character stuff in that film, <laughs> a plus, mm. cannot fault it. I'm a massive Nolan fan, but I will admit that's the first movie that he's actually nailed heart. Like he mm. doesn't do, he doesn't yeah, do heart. He does, I mean, he Dark does, Knight he does. It's there, it's there. Dark Knight had a Dark bit. Knight has it. A little um, bit. Dark Knight definitely had a bit. Um, it's not in your face. Emotions no. and heart and Dark stuff. Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises. It's pretty, it's more mm. cheesy than heart. Dark Knight yeah. Rises. Let's let's say about that. The better right now. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. But I don't know. Inception to me was a really it was visually good, uh, and like the soundtrack. Say what you will. It it did start that. It did start that. Which we wow, now see totally in fucking everywhere. That. Yep. That's but great. I don't know how like, that's a merit. I know. Thanks, but, Hans Zimmer. But just like say you know uh, like Avatar, like a, not a great film, but it did do a lot for the film industry you yep. know what I mean it did really change how you know cinema for a while and still is because of what Avatar did and I would say you know Inception is one of those kind of films oh, it's where influence cannot influence. be understated I totally accept that but like and, and the style is still something even though like the visuals whatever like it, it was a simple plot it was like whatever we just go into people's memories or we go into people's minds and we try and change from the inside and that's cool and i like i like the visual representation of someone's mindscape being played out but, partly because i'm a comic book fan that's look, very yeah, I, I like that stuff too but like i think the thing about it is and Carney, you hit the nail on the head just before when you yeah. said um no, about no. heart yeah. about why like look inception in terms of like the structure of it in terms of how it was made all of that mm. it's a much better film than interstellar like in terms of how it's made absolutely yep. however i will always take a very flawed messy film with a lot of heart oh, yeah. over a very tight film with none yeah. like heart is what sells it. That's, I think that's why I love Kingsman so much is because apart from the fact that it was hilarious apart from the fact that the action was great mm. apart from the fact that like it you know was a very it was a really well constructed plot it had a ton of heart. You genuinely care about you his character. You genuinely care about his character you genuinely yep. care about Colin Firth you genuinely yeah. care about their relationship they gave Colin Firth's he... death 
like, more time to breathe than Han Solo got yeah, in Force exactly. Awakens. Like yeah. we spoke about in Force Awakens. That, episode, like that yeah. moment he gets shot, everyone's reeling. Like, fucking yeah. Exy is fucking everyone is just on the edge of their seat. Like, I don't know when I first saw that. I was just like, no, they're not going to kill. Oh, Jesus. And they did. No. Yeah. And it was just that moment. And we all were able to be just like, how do we deal with this? Yeah. And you see, you're there because you're the there characters, with the characters. Because the fucking heart, it. man. It, no. Just like it. And that might be the problem with Spectre as well. There doesn't have much heart. Like, what's the heart of that? Have the any love heart. interest but, between. But that you, you don't buy. That they don't have any chemistry. But at the same time, that's this. Maybe this is another thing I missed in Spectre was the relationship with M. Because that oh, yeah. gave a and lot of this heart. film misses, yeah, it does. It really, yeah. it suffers because of it. Because like so much of Daniel Craig's Bond was defined by his relationship with M, and that that and that's why Skyfall was good. Yeah, yeah. like just that was the heart of Skyfall. Absolutely, yeah. was, was that. It's a, it's a really like, it's a really really strong, interesting relationship that's actually never really overstated. Like it's actually quite a subtle, yeah, connection. Yeah, that was really nice. They never the overdo previous, it. They just, yeah, just, well, two of the yeah. three. But with this one, I, there, there really was no, and the, you know, anything that kind of had had was just forced. Yeah, like what's um, there to care about in the film, really? Like it's just, not the Blofeld. They try and push it a little bit the, with Money Penny, but she's barely in it, so it doesn't yeah, exactly. work. Was Money Penny sleeping with Moriarty? Yes. No. No. Yes. No. 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 Okay. No, I don't, no. I don't think so. I don't think so. Because I, I thought I, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't pick up on that when, no. bon, when, when Bond called her. And she was like answering it, and like who's she that? She was with a bloke. Was, but I don't think it was Mario. And I just saw, like saw the head shape, and I was like, is that is that is that Mario? Nah, they would have made it clearer if it. And then that's why it was like, oh, the the you know the surveillance thing. I was like, ah, he banged her and bugged her. What a prick. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't I, think so. Again, half watching because I was bored. <laughs> no fair, fair. Because <laughs> yes, I think Spectre is a very boring film, but I think we've all just made it somehow magically better by giving it. Stakes. <laughs> this is one one thing you could really improve. That heart is another G- good. So I think yeah, you know, movie maintained, done and done. <laughs> and on that note, I've been Joel. I've been Sean. I've been Gabe. Have you got uh, any better ways of of fixing Spectre? Please email us in sanspansradio at gmail dot com or tweet us out. Uh, you know, at sanspans. Or our own personal Twitter accounts. I'm at Goddammit Zamet. I'm at Goberg Moser. I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. <laughs> All of this will be in the show notes uh, of this very episode. Uh, love to hear what you think. this show is worth at least a dollar why not donate to our patreon account follow the links on our website sanspantsradio.com imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.